Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Darren Joseph. Darren, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go. Excellent. Well, let's do this. Darren is a partner with HTJ Tax. He's an enrolled agent. He has two master's degrees in economics. He's and a certified diploma for, from ACCA. He is a speaker and an author. I'm excited to have you on. Darren, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, in terms of my personal life, I am fully committed to, to the job that I do. And they say if you enjoy what you do, you never work a day in your life. So I'm HTJ.tax. So essentially, we're a boutique tax practice. And we work with what we call private clients. So it would be people in the, well, we do international tax in general, but U.S. international in particular. So our typical clients, uh, I guess, would be relevant to your audience, would be U.S. exposed persons who do business internationally outside of the U.S. They invest in Southeast Asia. They buy companies or maybe they're just expats running companies out there. And we also help outside investors invest into the u.s as well so outbound and inbound nice and how does one get into that (laughs) (laughs) uh that's a great question i guess it depends on on your trajectory what would you enjoy doing i've always in had like a curiosity as to what's going on in the wider world how things work the way they work and I've worked before I got I was in practice, I was in industry. So my the company I worked with just before moving to, to Singapore was a relatively big tech company. It's pretty well known. I won't call it a name, but they're pretty well known. And by definition, they had global operations. So that gave me a fantastic worldwide perspective. And as I moved on from there, I was determined to keep that perspective. So here I am. Here you are. Life is a funny thing. Nice. All right. And when when we connected, I said, "What time is it in Singapore?" He's like, "Well, actually, I'm 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 in Portugal." So, how 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 frequently are you traveling? I I travel pretty pretty often. I'm basically on a plane every week pre COVID nineteen. Right. Every week I'll be on a plane going somewhere or the other. Right now, as we, you know, as everyone knows, travel is on the tricky side right now. So. I've kind of like planted a flag here in, in Lisbon, Portugal. I am still moving around recently to the UK and the US, but not back into Asia until things settle down a bit. So, but so my four homes, as in where I literally have a place to live and I'm a resident of some sort on national, would be Singapore. I've been a long-term resident of Singapore for seven years. Uh, the UK, well, I was born in South London. So, and Portugal, I became a resident, a permanent resident of Portugal in July. And in the US, I moved to the US when I was much younger. So my dad, uh, my both of my parents were living in London. My dad was studying accounting, so it came from him. I have daddy issues. <laughs> he, 
he moved to South Florida, became a CPA, started a practice, and I ended up out there as well. So nice. those are my faults. I like it. So mm-hmm. do you are what are what are the primary reasons that 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 clients come to you? I, I know you mentioned investing outside of the United States and Southeast Asia or people investing into the United States. What's what's mm-hmm. what's what are the primary reasons? Well, you know, I think um, the U.S. is a huge market. So I'm assuming most of your listeners would be in the U.S. So the U.S. is indeed a huge market. But at some point, many investors, many business owners come to a stage where, you know what, I want to look beyond. So even Warren Buffett, uh, what was it, a couple months ago, he put quite a sizable investment into, think, three of the largest trading houses in Japan. So at some point in time, you're going to look beyond. And it's part of you just being practical diversification, right? You don't put all your eggs in one basket. That is finance 101. So, you, yes, you have uh, exposure to the U.S. market, the U.S. dollar, but what about some euros? What about some yen? What about, you know, you just want to spread it around. And before you go international, you want to be aware of what the right approach is. You don't want to get in trouble. So we work with clients who want to make sure that they're doing it in the right way. How do you structure it? Should I do it? Should I sell with an LLC or maybe a C-Corp? You know, what sort of subsidiary should I put? Should I do something offshore first? Should I pass it through the BVI or Holland? Um, where should I bank? Like, where should, you know, where should the money flow? So those are the conversations we have with investors who want to see beyond the U.S. Got it. Nice. <clears throat> so I imagine it's not simply a tax uh, conversation. There's probably a lot of legal work, too. How, 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 does, how, how do you handle that? Well, we're not a one-person show, so I myself am not a one-person show, so I'm a part of a team. So our sweet spot is Southeast Asia, because I sit in Singapore. So uh, my practice is like a semi-autonomous team within a a larger practice called Moore's Roland. So we have probably like 30 offices in 11 countries, so as far north as Tokyo and Beijing, all the way down to Australia, so and everything in between. If it is that we need expertise in other jurisdictions, we're parts of networks, so we can call upon that. And if there's legal work to be done, you're absolutely right. We need to bring in some attorneys. So it's understanding, hey, nobody knows everything. It's not important that you know the answer. It's important that you know where to find the answer. Yeah, right. Certainly mm-hmm. amen to that. All right, so... <laughs> So somebody says, "Okay, I'm 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 Warren Buffett, and that's I, I yeah. think uh, certainly an interesting example. Uh, but for <laughs> normal, more more regular folks, um, yeah, these are probably folks that 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 have some level of success. Therefore, they have assets that they're interested in diversifying outside of the United States. They say, okay, I don't even know how to go about that.' So they reach out to Darren. Um, do they already have an idea of the kind of asset class that they're interested in investing in? Typically they do. Typically they do. So they come to us after they they figured out, okay, I want to invest in this or my company in the US, I want to expand operations in some way, shape or form. So that, that can take many forms. So right. It could be, you know what, I provide the SaaS, I provide whatever the product or service is. And I think there's a demand for it in Singapore, or Indonesia or whatever. How can we talk about market entry? Or it could be the other way around. You know what? My costs are getting a bit high. 
you know, we're in, the, we're in a health pandemic, I need to count my pennies. So how can I cut my costs? Can I get like back office support or BPO functionality from India or the Philippines? So we have that conversation as well. Okay, yes, you can get a team to do some of your back office, whether it be finance or marketing or just some admin stuff. How do you structure that relationship? Should there be a transfer pricing agreement? You know, do you incorporate? Are they uh, employees or independent contractors? What's the best way to do it? So yes, yeah, so to answer your question again, they have an idea of what they want to do. The conversation is about how do they do it? How do we actually make this happen? You know, that's, execution. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's super interesting and really never, yeah. obviously, uh, I certainly am aware that a lot of organizations and companies will use um, folks from other countries to help with that back office, but I've never actually thought about the hows or, or the actual doing of it and, 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 and all the potential tax and legal consequences and, and all those things. So we're having this conversation on October the 5th or I, 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 is, is it October 5th by you? Yes, sir. It is. Um, what, what is really top of mind for you right now during the pandemic and, and what, what has been, and then maybe look forward a little bit. Hmm. Well, I guess for most people, you know, I'm thinking of a conversation that I had earlier today, my time would be how long is this going to last? You know, so many people were under the impression that, okay, this is a minor inconvenience and a couple of months will be, you know, back to the way things were in 2019. But I think it's become apparent to most forward thinking people that uh -uh, it's not going to happen. Even best case scenarios for vaccines and whatever this disruption is part of i wouldn't even say the new normal i use the term post-normal because normalcy implies stability and predictability both of which no longer exist mm. so we're in a post-normal environment so the question is talking to different business owners different investors like okay Whatever you were doing before, let's start from scratch. Let's think this through from ground zero. Like, how are we going to make things happen? Do you need to move operations from this jurisdiction to that? Where are you going to sit? You know, let's rethink everything fresh. So, what a, what is front of mind right now? The answer: It's simple. It's everything. <laughs> yeah. So, hopefully, uh, people mm -hmm. are thinking about this as more of an opportunity to mm -hmm. to really revisit a lot of things and to potentially right size or to create new efficiencies or to and and but that's that 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 sounds easy and does hard i'm sure that there's a lot of people that are hearing what you're saying and that is not the approach that they're interested in taking they're interested in keeping the things the way that they were um post normal structure doesn't exist certainty and humans are our are, 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 our brains crave that structure and that certainty and if you're dealing with somebody who's in a different country and then investing in another country, I imagine that that as well as being, you know, working on tax and legal, there's also probably a little bit of psychology going on. Absolutely. You know, it's about becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I, you know, I appreciate that money doesn't like uncertainty, but at the same time, there still is that, you know, going back to Finance 101, there's a correlation between risk and return. So right now, what is extremely risky 
is doing things the same way because that that would be so bizarre because both the internal environment and the in external environment they are changing in a radical way you know this this is in a way depending on which industry you're in especially if you let's say if you are drop shipping you know or you important importing stuff from let's say china and you've been distributing it to let's say in the u.s whether you're using ebay we deal with some amazon sellers who've been doing historically amazingly well right seriously big numbers to a large extent those days are over because the first thing that happened with this health crisis was a supply chain story it was a supply chain story and that disruption is there an end in sight maybe not maybe not you know the shipping delays the you know the quality scores in your store yeah customer dissatisfaction you can't continue doing it that way Mm. so where are you going to source your products are you going to ship manufacturing are you going to look for a new guy in vietnam or thailand i heard indonesia is good so it started off being a supply chain story and it's scary right but on the flip side for those who provide services, it's been amazing, right? Because everyone is at home. Zoom is part of the status quo. So it's now palatable and acceptable to engage a service provider who may be on the other side of the world. So whereas before you were a consultant doing whatever you're doing, uh, I, I spoke with somebody who is like a, a sales strategist, you know, he does, he creates sales funnels and he helps C-suite conceptualize their target demographic and how exactly you get to them at scale. So once upon a time, he was dealing with a limited geography. Now, uh uh-uh, the world is his oyster, right? He could be talking to Australia one day and UK the other because, you know, everyone is working from home. So on this on the service side, those who provide services, I think they're going to benefit from the way that we can leverage technology. You know, it's going to hyper globalize. But for those who have been moving product as intangible physical product, it's probably less of a happy story until they could figure out what the new balance would be. Like, where do they ship? Where do they get parts from? How they, where do they assemble? you know, whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. So somebody who's listening to this and say, you know what, I I have been considering um, investing in a country outside of my own. What what kind of expectation do you coach them through from how long it will take to just, just, just the process in general? I help them answer questions, right? So as I said, most people come to us with, okay, I am in California and I want to provide a service. I have a tech company, this is what we do. And I think I may be about to close a client in Australia or the UK or whatever. How do I do that in the right way? You know, I don't wanna break any laws in Australia. Uh, I don't wanna pay taxes that are too high anyway. I heard it's like 50% in Australia. You know, how do I structure that that satisfies both the UK and Australia? So we can have that conversation or someone else might say, you know, I heard that there's great real estate investment opportunity in Portugal. How do I do that? Uh, you know, where's the holding company going to be? Uh, where, you know, how do we structure that arrangement in a way that's tax efficient? I plan to hold on to it 
or uh, and it may be a great rental uh, revenue stream, or maybe I see capital appreciation and I'm going to flip it in a couple of years. So those are, you know, depending on what your intentions are, we can structure it, you know, that that's that leads down a different pathway. So there's that occasionally we may have someone who says, well, you know, I'm sitting in New York, things aren't fun anymore. I want to move to somewhere else. Then that becomes a more involved conversation because then we probably need to spend time with you figuring things out. Like, okay, how how exactly does your business model work? Do you want to move some functions out of New York, out of the U.S.? Or do you want to move out to the U.S. and run it from outside? And it still remains in the U.S., you know? So some people have figured it out. Some people have not. And depending on what stage of your journey, we'll see if we can work with you. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. So is, is it really ever too early to reach out to you? Uh, it's helpful if you know, you have a sense of what you want to do and what you want to achieve. So I think, you know, once you have at least like a big picture, you know, I want to earn money in this, I want to invest in that, then yes. As opposed to, well, I don't know what to do. I just saw my company and I'm sitting on X million. What am I going to do with it? You know, right. I, I can't do that. So, yeah, somewhere further along your, your journey. Got yeah. it. Nice. Well, that certainly makes sense. Well, Darren, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? You need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, just basically be unafraid to think outside of the box. It's a whole world out there. There's a lot going on outside of the U.S. I know there's a lot going on in the U.S., obviously, but there's a lot going on outside of the U.S., and these developments may be positive. So there may be opportunities to not just uh, protect your wealth, but increase your wealth as well. Don't be afraid to look outside. I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. Darren, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Uh, you can look for me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my number one like social media platform, but otherwise, htj.tax. htj.tax. Perfect. Simple. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Darren your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to htj.tax. You find Darren on LinkedIn and start thinking outside of your comfort zones start broadening the horizons a little bit there's so many opportunities out there thanks again darren thank you very much for your time george and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together spending too much time on social is your daily screen time over two hours are you a little bit overweight not saving enough money any or all of these are familiar strive could be for you the Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.